Welcome to the Founding Fearless podcast. We're your hosts, Ingrid and Cameron, and we're here to support you through your journey in becoming a fearless leader and discovering your inner confidence. We are talking all things entrepreneurial through a college woman's lens. We hope to leave you feeling empowered after each episode. Enjoy! In this episode, we are interviewing Mimi Bouchard. Mimi is a thought leader in the self-improvement and wellness space. She has helped thousands transform their lives through her actionable and pragmatic approach to personal development. Mimi's guided meditation platform, Superhuman, has amassed thousands of subscribers that swear by the practice daily. Her top 100 Apple podcast, Mimi, has almost 4 million unique downloads. Try Superhuman 14 days free at www.superhuman.app. Please welcome Mimi Bouchard to the Founding Fearless podcast. We're so excited to have Mimi Bouchard on the podcast today, who is the founder and CEO of Superhuman. She is an entrepreneur that Cameron and I really look up to, so we're so excited that she's joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super pumped to be on. So before we jump into everything Superhuman and what you've been up to with that, we just want to hear a little bit about how you grew up, um, just about yourself, like where you went to school, everything like that. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in Toronto in Canada and I left Toronto when I was 18, 19 years old um, to go to London. So I went to London for five years, but before that I was in university for a couple of semesters in Canada and I realized it wasn't really for me. So I decided to become an entrepreneur and create an online magazine that I would then bring to London and try to grow. And then I spent most of my early 20s in London. And then a couple of years ago, I moved to the Bahamas with my boyfriend. So I'm now living here. Um, but a bit about my upbringing, you know, I, I lived a very nice, humble, uh, you know, childhood and my parents are still together as a very loving environment. Um, my parents did struggle a bit with money. So that was always something that I wanted to create in my future that my parents didn't really have. And uh, that was a big motivator for me living, um, you know, within a family that was always struggling with money. It was, you know, my, my big why to create freedom in my future. So, you know, other than that, though, I had a great childhood. I really did. And um, in my teenage years, um, I just kind of went into a weird phase of partying a lot and not feeling amazing. And I found personal development when I was 18, 19, around the same time that I was leaving to go to London. And it really changed my life. You know, it, it took me out of that darkness that I was in in my teenage years and uh, really set me on this path of doing really deep work on myself and then ultimately helping others through this work to change their own lives. <clears throat> Well, I absolutely love that. And I, I love your whole story and your background and especially now how you have Superhuman. So talk to us a little bit about Superhuman. What inspired you to also just innovate what traditional meditation practices look like um, yeah. to create Superhuman? Yeah, you know, so in the beginning of my personal growth journey, I didn't really resonate with traditional meditation. I was really into all the other stuff. I was, you know, journaling, I was creating my vision boards, I was doing all the right things, but the meditation thing, I just got so bored. And I realized that I just stopped even doing it because it was not becoming a habit because I didn't enjoy it. And I 
kind of naturally, organically, intuitively started recording these voice notes to myself on my phone that I would listen to while getting ready in the morning, while making breakfast, while walking to work. And these were these like pep talk style, motivational guided visualizations that I would listen to throughout the day. And I did this because I knew the power of visualization. I knew the power of of, of becoming the future self that you want to be, but I didn't really want to meditate and sit down with my legs crossed and, you know, do that whole kind of traditional thing. So I just created this new method and it ended up changing my life radically. And years later, I started offering these, um, I call them meditations, but they, they're just like guided visualization audios that you listen to throughout your day with amazing music and really, you know, motivational words. And, um, yeah, you know, people started eating them up and then I decided to launch Superhuman um, that was just going to be these audio files and it's been just over a year and it's totally blown up and it really has changed tens of thousands of lives at this point and it's so exciting to to just see it grow and to see everyone actually seeing results from this work and not just having a meditation app and never using it, having one that you use every day and that's genuinely changing your state is is so cool. Yeah, I love that. And I think that a lot of times like meditation to people, especially younger people, I feel like it can feel like overwhelming and kind of confusing. Like you have to, oh, you have to set out like 30 to 40 minutes of your day to like just sit in silence with your own thoughts. And that's what I love about superhuman is like, you kind of feel like you're talking to a friend or just talking to yourself, but you get that, um, those meditation benefits, which is awesome. Um, so looking back, you kind of talked about your childhood. Was there something like a specific memory or moment that sparked your interest in entrepreneurship? Did you like always know that that was something you wanted to go into or just kind of came up? That's a really good question. I, looking back, never felt like I wanted to do something in the normal path. I don't know why. I just always was very in tune with myself and, even when I was younger and someone would ask me, oh, Mimi, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, I really never felt a strong yes to a certain career path that already existed. I, I knew I was going to do something different from a really young age. I just didn't know what that was. So yeah, you know, it was always in my blood. I always liked to make money. When, when I was in high school, I would skip school to go work at clothing boutique that I worked at. And I just wanted to go live and experience the world. I didn't really like traditional schooling either. I didn't learn in that way very well. Um, the class I was best at was creative writing, but that's it. And I was only good if I actually applied myself and, um, yeah, I just, it's so funny looking back, you know, I felt like everyone thought that I wouldn't really amount to much because I just wasn't that much into school. And, uh, when you grow up, you realize that being school smart is a totally different thing often to being life smart, entrepreneur smart, you know, there are different skills. So I hope the schooling system changes at some point. Um, I don't know what I'll do with my future kids, probably <laughs> homeschool them, but um, yeah, that's really what I, what I think I noticed. Well, I think it's like so incredible, obviously with your whole like background and then now you have like a tech company. Right. So let's say we have a lot of our listeners. Everyone's really interested in entrepreneurship. Maybe a lot of them want to go out and create an app, maybe something similar to that. How did you create it? And how did you not having like a background specifically in technology? How did you find a tech team to help you build out your your vision for superhuman? That's a really good question, too. I'm obviously a non-technical founder, so I, <laughs> I rely on people that know 
how to do things like develop an app. Um, I'm really, you know, more so the visionary coming up with the new ideas and, and I am very good at you know, integrating as well and getting things done. Um, but I definitely don't have a tech background. So to give you just some background, I also had no money when I started this. I haven't gotten any investment. I This is all my own money that has gone into this. So, um, and I didn't have much back in the day. So what, what I did and my advice to other people that want to maybe create an app is you have to start small and and figure out your product market fit really early on. Um, you know, there were many phases to Superhuman before we launched. And even now we're launching a new app in three weeks that is completely up-leveled compared to the current one. Um, so every single time I have the resources to invest into the product, I do. So the first version of any type of subscription platform that I owned was on this like website that you just pay a, a small amount every month to have to host content on there. And it was a video-based platform that I had health and wellness videos on. Um, and that was low cost and low me needing to be technical. So I started there, it started kicking off and then with that money, I, I found an app developer, um, you know, across the world that would help me create a custom looking app for a licensing deal. I didn't have $300,000 a year and a half ago to put into a new custom app. I also didn't really know if Superhuman, the brand would kick off as much as it did. So even if I had that money to put into it, I don't know if I would have. And then we created a lic licensing deal with this past de development team, which the current app is still using, which... There are so many issues constantly with this team. You know, they're not as experienced as the new team I'm working with. So it's been a lot of headache and there's always a cost. Nothing is cheap in life. There's always a cost, right? So <clears throat> I had to really micromanage them throughout the entire experience and hire external designers to make it look good enough. And that build was delayed six months after we started working with them. It was this whole situation, but ultimately I was paying less than 10 K a month to have a custom looking app, which is really good value in this industry. And then six months ago, I decided, okay, now we have the growth. We have the, you know, product market fit. We really understand that this product is, has a lot of potential and is blowing up organically, like, you know, what we wanted it to. And, uh, then I, I found a California-based development agency that we ended up taking on, and you know we're we're spending hundreds of thousands on this new app that's launching in a couple months or in a couple weeks, and uh, yeah, we're super proud of it. You know, working with a team like this is definitely a level up, and uh, you know it's it's really exciting to see. And uh, you know, the next step after this would be to bring in an in-house development team, but that would cost hundreds of thousands a month, which we don't want to put into yet. So that's the next level. Um, but we're really happy where we are now with this team. And what I would say, going back to the question, if you want to create a you know tech company or an app or some sort of digital product, definitely just get that, that affirmation from your users that it's something that they're going to want and use and be obsessed with before you invest all of your money into um, you know tech, because it's very expensive. And uh, you really want to make sure that the, the product itself, like I've always been product first and tech second, you know, like it's always been like the, the user, the product. And I think that's a really important thing to, to note as well. Um, you know, I see from companies that are more tech focused instead of product focused, you know, they're doing just what the limits of technology can create, but we're trying to create something so much bigger that technology needs to keep up with. Right. So we're pushing the boundaries. And I think that helps 
you a lot having that kind of mentality if you want to continue being innovative and a trailblazer in the industry. And I hope that we're on that path. You know, what we, what we have out right now has, it's so small compared to where we're going. And I, I just, I can't wait to keep showing the world what's going to happen um, because we have so many exciting plans and uh, ultimately it comes down to us being just obsessed with our customer and wanting to create something that's never been done. Yeah, that's so exciting. And kind of going along with that, um, I know that I came across Superhuman actually on social media. So this kind of goes along with the next question. How did you guys know that, or how did you know that utilizing social media to leverage and create um, and boost Superhuman was going to be helpful? Yeah, well, it's just like free advertising, right? Like all of our growth so far has been 99.9% just organic word of mouth on social media and friends of friends, you know, people just talking. We are just starting to experiment with paid media. Um, so it's been everything for us and people, I also am so proud that we created a product where people want to share it. It's cool to like take a screenshot of like the little, um, icon that you're, you know, the, the walk meditation that you're doing. And, and then you post a picture of you on your walk. And then you post the little icon on top on Instagram stories. Like that's like every day we're getting so many people just like aesthetically share how they're integrating the meditations into their life. And I think that in itself has just been a, a catalyst to a snowball effect of growth. And, you know, just like how people like to show off that they're on their Peloton bike, it's a luxury product and it's about health and wellness. It's about them bettering themselves. I think without even realizing it, that's the same thing that's happened to on a smaller scale with superhuman, because people want to show that they're doing the work on themselves, that they're using a luxury product, um, a luxury meditation app that you know, that they're doing in a unique way that's never been done before, cooking meditations, cleaning meditations, becoming their future self, you know, in a grocery line, like it's a cool, unique thing. And I think that's been the biggest part of our growth. And another piece of advice I would say to anyone wanting to become an entrepreneur is create something unique. Don't be a bad copy of someone else because you'll never find success. I've seen this so many times, both in my life and in other people's lives around me. You want to create something different. And we're in the process of patenting our approach and, and creating a new word that's going to replace meditation. So we are going to ultimately start creating a new kind of realm of sound of audio. That's the big goal is to create a new category of audio. Um, and I, I just, I can't wait to see how that goes because it's just so unique and we're really just relying on how unique the product is for it to sell itself. And when you have a very unique product and if you can patent it or secure it, so no one else copies it, that's like one of the most special things that, that makes your valuation super high. You know, it's, it just stands you out apart from the crowd and you're in your own playing field. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. Just like listening to you, I just get so excited. Um, and I'm so excited to see everything, how like superhuman continues to grow, but talking a little bit more about growth from when you first started till now, obviously your role has probably most definitely changed. And also I know that you, you know, grown your team. So how have you grown your team and also how has your role changed? Yeah. You know, I'm going to be honest. It's still a very lean team. I have like three full-time employees only, but I have like 20 contractors that we work with. You know, we don't necessarily need to be, but we are very lean. Like it's a very lean operation. You know, I delegate and I outsource a lot. There's a lot of pressure that comes with having a lot of full-time employee type uh, staff underneath you, because then you have to become a manager, which I don't enjoy doing. 
ultimately we're going to have to have that at some point in the future. But right now we're working really well with a very small internal team and then just working with outside contractors and agencies, like our whole social team, that's an agency, but we work with them very closely and, and they're responsible to create the results. You know, I'm not responsible to tell them what results that that's the promise that they've made, right? Our, our developers, that's their own company. You know, we hire them to, to be an agency and, and to do the result and create the result that we want. And, um, you know, it's, we have a lot of other kind of contractors we work with. We use Upwork a lot, like to get little jobs done. Um, we have our in-house uh, audio engineers. One of them is, full, well, we have actually been four full-time on the team. One of them is full-time and the, the other two are, you know, just contracted to a certain amount per month. Um, so, we definitely uh, are not as big as some people might think, and that's purposeful. You know, that's something that I've really wanted because I don't necessarily feel like we need it yet. And I think that's also a benefit to us being bootstrapped and the money just fully being from my savings and from what the company has made being reinvested because you, like a lot of people that raise a lot of money just get a bit careless with how they spend. And we will raise in the future once we start wanting to implement bigger, you know, features like AI into the app, and that's going to be very costly. So in the future, we will do that. But right now, we're very happy growing at the pace that we are at without external um, funds. And I also think that that makes it so that we stay lean and we stay on top of everything within the company. We don't hire um, in a way that is just, you know, a bit, I don't know, not thought out. And I've seen that a lot. And it kind of it taints the company when you do that I, from what I've noticed. And this is just such a special thing that we've created and we want to keep the authenticity um, at the moment and uh, just be thoughtful with our next move. So to kind of bring it back to the point, um, yeah, you know, our team is small, uh, but, and we are actively hiring all the time right now. It's been really hard for me to hire a product manager slash potential head of product um, because it's just like a very, very specific set of skills and type of person that I'm looking for. I've done dozens of interviews. My team have, has done many interviews with me and for me as well, but like, it's impossible. And I actually just got off of a call an interview two hours ago with this guy and he was just so demeaning. And like, it's so weird interviewing older men. Cause I'm still a young girl and it, that's been a whole new part of growth in this process, you know, especially interviewing for a higher caliber role. A lot of, I didn't, I've never in my life felt real sexism. I really haven't. I've been lucky and I've always kind of been a sole, uh, solopreneur. Like I, I never really had a team, but now since I'm trying to hire, this has been a massive learning curve. I'm like, excuse me, don't freaking speak to me that way. <laughs> you know, like yeah. the way that they like, yeah. oh my God. So I'm now trying to navigate that. And it's so crazy. So yeah, you know, it's always, there's always something and I'm always learning and I am now really good at holding my ground and speaking up when something's inappropriate or telling someone that's not how you speak to me. Um, but it's definitely weird. That's something I've been working with right now. Yeah. Wow. I'm so sorry that you had to experience that, but, um, yeah, it's just, I think that it's so important for, um, companies to hire people with their same values and that's the way that it works. Not even so. that, just like you have but to respect. Always, yeah. You always have to respect <laughs> yeah. people you work with. It, it's Definitely. just, it was a strategy, I, mean, I guess this guy was trying, like, it was just like, 
yeah, a strategy of, of trying to make me feel like, Oh, he's so important. Like, no, I, I at the I end know. of the moment, like, this is definitely not a right fit. Bye. No, exactly. Yeah. When I said that I was, it was really funny. Yeah. You're like respect is the baseline. So like, it's crazy <laughs> to even say, um, Okay, so for our listeners that are primarily female um, students in college, that's mainly who, who listens, um, how would you tell them to start kind of prepping now for maybe a future in entrepreneurship? Yeah, you know, get rid of the expectation that when you leave school, you're just going to find the thing and it's going to be perfect. It's messy. First, realize and ask yourself if entrepreneurship is for you because it's messy. It's hard. It took me five years of trying all these different things to end up where I am today. I had so many failures, epic failures with things that people didn't even know publicly about, you know, all these just incredible things I've been working on that just fall through my fingertips at the last minute, opportunities that I've worked on for years, just failing. You're, you need to be ready for a wild ride if this is something you're interested in, because it's not easy. I believe it's worth it, but I also believe my personality type would only be able to do this. So it just get familiar with yourself. And at the end of the day, try to decide what you want. And it's okay if you end up choosing that maybe having more security and safety and working in a company that exists that, that you can grow with it, you know, even becoming one of the top five employees at another startup, like that's an, that's an okay thing too. You know, like it, it, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to find success. If you get in an early stage company and get equity, you can make tens of millions of dollars or more. Right. So I think just getting really clear with, with, if this is actually for you, for me, it was an absolute yes. Like there was an, it was a no brainer, but for other people that I know that are incredibly intelligent incredibly talented. It might like, it's not for them either. Some of the people I have on my team, like they're amazing, but they need someone to be a visionary that they see as a leader. And then they do a lot of the work too. Right. Um, so it figure that out. I also would urge you to read the book rocket fuel. I forget who it's by, but it talks about the concept of visionary versus integrator and visionaries are usually the CEOs and the founders, right? Um, the integrator role is more of a, not even support role, actually. It's more of like the doer, like the one that actually is more logistical, analytical, gets it done. Um, so figure out which one you are and where your strengths are. Cause I can put my hands up and say, I'm terrible at accounting at spreadsheets. I'm really good at finding solutions though, for things that no one can think about. I'm really good at coming up with creative ideas and getting the ball rolling and making connections and getting people inspired to do the work they need to but I'm not good um, at being consistent with certain things every single day because it's just not who I am. Um, but yeah, so that's the, the advice I would say. And also find mentors, whether that's people you know in real life or people you can follow online, learn from people that have what you want. I think that's one of the biggest things that people that cannot find success in this industry, even in entrepreneurship in general, it's because they don't have people that they look up to that they can learn from. I have so many mentors online that don't even know about me. You know, I've, I've watched so many educational videos and read so many books on business. And then now I have in-person mentors as well that I, you know, will call if I have a question about what decision to make in the business and so on and so forth. But 
learn from people that have what you want is another one. And then also just try it all. Your first thing is probably not going to be the thing that makes you a multimillionaire, but you have to go in and try your absolute best because it might. And then you're going to learn a lot and then you're going to get wisdom for the next big thing. And uh, yeah, just keep going because it's crazy. But then when you hit it, it's like the best thing in the world. Yeah, and I, I love that advice that you said that, you know, entrepreneurship is not for everyone and that that's totally okay. That's something that um, is really big with the Kendra Scott Institute that we have here at University of Texas. It's that you can be an entrepreneur, but you could also work inside of a company and you could still have the same, you know, leadership and maybe goals, but you have to first go with your values and see kind of what you were talking about before, whether yeah. you're like a leader, a visionary, or someone who's going to work, you know, to actually get the vision on the ground and get it going. Um, so I love that. And uh, so my next question for you is specifically, um, given your, you know, background and your experience and successes, what advice would you give yourself maybe like five years ago? So five years ago, I would have been 21. And the advice that I would have given myself when it comes to business and entrepreneurship, I guess, is that what we're, is about that, yeah, right? It could be anything. anything. <laughs> um, the advice I would give her is stay focused. It's, you know, I knew it was going to happen at some point, but I would lose focus sometimes and get defeated and say yes to things I didn't want to do because I felt like I was pretty desperate to get to the next level. And I would say to her, get focused and, and get clear and like, make sure that you're, that you're putting a lot of time into yourself and your personal growth and your personal goals, because that's ultimately what's going to help you get there. You know, the more work you do on yourself, the more clarity you have, the more ambition you have, the more consistency you end up creating in your life. Um, when it comes to those healthy habits and, and, you know, being the person you want to be is ultimately the, the shortcut to get to where you want to be, because then you start thinking like that person, acting like that person, being that person. And the Mimi that you see today, she's totally different. And she's aligned with the income that she earned. She's aligned with being the business person that she is because it's now her, my new self image back five years ago, my self image was totally different. I wouldn't be able to be the 21 year old Mimi in this position because I didn't have that self image and I, and I wouldn't have made the same decisions. And, you know, it was a big growth over the past five years, but the biggest thing is focus on your self image as well. Um, that's, that's a huge piece of advice that I've based my whole career around. Yeah. Um, how do you think that students can incorporate an abundance mindset and the also the superhuman um, meditations to their everyday? Yeah, for sure. So it, it really does come down to your set point when it comes to wealth, you know, your standard, your self-image. If you want to be wealthy, what does that version of you do? How do they feel? What is their energy like? And the more that you embody that and become them, the closer you'll get because you'll naturally start making the same decisions. You'll naturally start saying yes to things, seeing opportunity. The RAS in your brain, your reticular activating system will be programmed in a completely different way to start seeing and noticing new potentials around you. So it's, it's essential. I, I believe personally, it's essential to your success. And, you know, you can use superhuman that's for sure. And it's the easiest way. It's like the tool in your toolkit to help you get there. And it just makes your odds at success dramatically increase. I believe using the app and 
and using it in your everyday moments, not with your eyes closed, but just throughout your day in the background of your life. But you can also, you know, figure it out yourself too. You know, it doesn't just have to be my app. Of course, we created this because it is the, the product of my teachings, but you can also, you know, if, if you're one of those people that doesn't need commitment and, and you can really, or, or that gets committed easily, I mean, um, you can really, you know, try to do it yourself too. And you can journal every day and actively work on changing your self image, but it's just a bit harder that way. You know, you, you want support. So just try to create a routine, whatever that looks like for you, that helps you step into that person that you want to be, no matter what that looks like. And just start designing your future and get very clear on it and start saying yes to things, start saying no to other things that don't align with it. And just remember that you needing to believe in yourself is number one, because you're not going to get there unless you know, and you expect that it's going to happen. One thing that I'm so proud of myself for really ingraining in my mind from the beginning, since I started the personal development work was simply just telling myself that and and feeling and being in that energy that I'm expecting success. And if I would have a big failure, it would be really tough, but then I would get back up and start working on the next thing because I knew deep down that it's happening. It's just a matter of time. So also ask yourself, how can you get into that expectant energy? Because that's major. Yeah, no, I, I love that. You know, I, love your meditations. And so I get really stressed with school. <laughs> um, I'm a senior and I'm going to be graduating next May or this upcoming May. And I'm taking a lot of classes and I, I get really overwhelmed, but I found probably superhuman, maybe was it a year ago or a year and a half ago? I don't know, something like that. And uh, I've tried to incorporate it in my day, especially like when I'm walking between classes I get, you know, like worked up, like, oh my God, that lecture, that was so hard. And I have to go to my next class. And I don't want to bring that same energy into my next class. So I, when I'm walking to my next class, I listen to it, or maybe I, you know, take a little break and, and I listen to the meditations. And what I love is that they're goal oriented. So I'm not thinking about like my current, like, oh my God, like I have an exam tomorrow, or I have to like mm -hmm. stay up super late and study on for all this stuff. I'm thinking about, okay, well, everything I'm doing now is hopefully going to be helping me to reach my goal. And like, I see myself, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this for a purpose because I see myself maybe four years down the road and I want to be that person. <laughs> so I just, I, I know it works and I, I, I love, I love your advice. And I think a lot of people would really benefit from, you know, that same mentality and visioning yourself or finding yourself or creating that picture of yourself down the road to, and working towards that. Yeah, no, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's super helpful <laughs> in those to squeeze into those little moments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now we want to switch gears a little bit into our, what we call the rapid fire question segment. So this is just the segment that we like to do to get to know you a little bit more on like a personal level. Um, the questions are like really quick. So we don't want you to have to think too much about your answer. Just kind of the first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is, what is something that no one would expect about you? Oh my gosh. Um, I am very, 
very like, well, I don't know if people would expect this or not, but I'm like such a helpless, romantic, mushy, like I'm very sensitive. And when I like switch off for the day for work, I like love to be a little girl and just like cuddle with my boyfriend and, you know, like watch movies. And I just like, I'm a helpless romantic and I love living in, well, this is probably expected, but I love living in the moment and romanticizing <laughs> life. And, uh, I'm just trying to think of what I'm like when I'm not working, but yeah, I'm very mushy. I'm such a lover. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Next question, which I'm excited to hear about is what is your morning routine? Well, it actually has been changing a lot recently. I've been doing more of an intuitive thing. So every single morning is not the exact same, but the things that remain the same is I try not to look at my phone first thing. Um, I drink a big thing of water. I will have my greens powder with water and lemon juice. I'll have, um, you know, some breakfast some coffee. I've been eating breakfast with my coffee for more hormone balancing lately because I just felt like having too much caffeine on an empty stomach wasn't good for me. So I'll do that. I'll do some journaling most mornings. And, uh, lately I've been property hunting on my iPad while having my breakfast and coffee, which is really nice. Um, yeah. And I'll listen to a getting ready meditation. That's been kind of my thing. I haven't really done a seated meditation in weeks. <laughs> I've, I really haven't. I've been doing the getting ready meditations or the walking meditations mostly. And uh, I'll do that while I'm getting ready after my shower, putting, you know, makeup on, getting dressed for my day. It depends on the day really, but that's kind of what I do. I love that. I love how there's like a meditation for everything that you're doing in your day. So you always have something that you can turn to no matter what yeah. you're doing. So, okay. Who is your favorite entrepreneur or leader? Um, I really don't know. I have so many. Um, you know, what first comes to mind is like, I love what Tony Robbins has done. He's inspired so many people, but I don't really think of him as like the top person I look up to. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I really look at my goal is to be the Mimi in 10 years that I want to be. When I think about the person I look up to, I think about myself is if that's kind of crazy, you know, there are so many amazing entrepreneurs out there, but no one's done what I want to create, you know? So it's a hard question. I would say it's like my, my, my 10 years from now self. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, okay. So our next question, um, what is your favorite meditation on the superhuman app? Wow. Like, this that be hard. All the time. That's such a good question. Yeah. Let me look at my favorites. This actually changes all of the time. And, uh, at the moment I, Oh, I really, oh my God, it's so hard. Well, we actually have this walking meditation that we, that we're releasing next week. That is my new favorite. Cause I've been listening to it on our Dropbox link. Um, so that one's, what's this one called? I've been, it's really good. And that oh, one, excited. yeah, I'm really <laughs> excited too. Um, and this one is called, let me find it. Um, embody your future or embody your ultimate self energy. That's the Ooh. one. It's I love like a that. 25 minute walking meditation and that's my favorite, but it's not released yet. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to keep my eyes open for that. Yes, <laughs> me too. My, I love like the legs on the wall one because I've been like really oh. into that. So I love those and the walking so ones, good. of course. So, um, okay. Do you have a favorite like self-help book or other podcast that you listen to? Um... I have so many recommendations. If you're a beginner, I always recommend the success principles by Jack Canfield. It's just like the Bible. Like it's just like the <laughs> basics of personal growth. Um, but other than that, you know, I've been really loving 
more business books lately um, to read because I feel like, you know, I'm always wanting to expand my personal development, but I've been doing so much of that. So I've been reading, you know, a great marketing book is The Catalyst by Jonah Berger. It was a really good one. I just read that. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm trying to think. I, I'm also reading Lifespan right now by David Sinclair. He's like an anti-aging or like reverse aging specialist and believes that people can be living 150 plus years. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, I guess that is under personal development, but yeah, there are so many, so many. I love that. I'm really going to have to like write those down <laughs> and get some of those books. Um, so our, our next and final question for you that we ask all of our guests is what does founding fearless mean to you? Founding fearless mean to me. Um, I, I guess it means to me that you just have to be confident in yourself and what you're creating and be fearless in it. You know, when I've had so many people tell me that, oh, this won't work or, oh, it's not different enough. And I just keep going and keep proving them wrong. Um, so I would say it's a confidence within yourself and just knowing and, and being connected with your intuition on what is going to work. Love that. Well, Mimi, thank you so much for coming on. This was such a fun conversation. And before we leave, though, um, tell people where they can find like you and superhumans, so they can support everything. Yeah. So my Instagram is just at Mimi Bouchard and uh, superhuman socials. It's all superhuman app. And if you guys want to go try out a 14 day free trial, go to our website, superhuman.app instead of .com, it's .app. And you can check out all the content there. And uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think. Awesome. Thank you, Mimi. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to subscribe and follow the Founding Fearless podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to like, rate, and leave us a review.